Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. And today my message is entitled, Jesus and the Church. And I believe that he is so important in the church. I, I just believe that he should be the center point of the church. Anybody else agree with that? Amen. Well, let's go ahead and pray and get started. Father, we just come before you. We thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you that that you are in this place. You have free reign to move up and down every single aisle, to touch, heal, and deliver, Lord. It is all about you. I decrease so that you, the greater one on the inside of me, would increase, Father. It's all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, With everything going on this this past year, 2020, you guys remember that year? Uh, with everything going on, I've realized just how um, unstable our society could be within an instant. I remember going to the grocery stores and, and aisles were just empty and people were freaking out and people were hoarding food and water and toilet paper. I don't know why, but... <laughs> And I realized at that moment that people are very fickle. That you never have an assurance that how somebody else is going to react to something. I know how I react in situations, but I can't determine how somebody else is going to react. And even I remember my mom calling me. She said, hey, you know what? Things are getting weird. You should probably pull cash out because she knows that I never carry cash on me. I'm in the generation where we just have a card and... And I can have an app. I can send money. So she says, hey, you better go to the bank and pull out some cash because I don't know what's going to happen. People are getting weird. And I said, all right, I'll pull out some cash. And at that moment, I was talking with Alina. I said, you know what? This, this money that we're getting out of the bank, it's really fake. It's not really worth anything. It's just as fickle as people. See, there was a time when our money was what was on the gold standard. I mean, that it was actually backed by something. It had some power behind it. Do you know that our dollar today, opposed to the dollar that was on the, the gold standard, is worth, well, the gold standard dollar is worth $26 of our dollars. That's how much our money has depreciated over time. You know, anybody got a quarter? Maybe we have a quarter? Quarter? Oh, I did bring one. Sorry, sorry, I wrong. Okay. This quarter right here, it's worth what? How much? 25 cents. Why? Because the government says it is. It's made uh, 75% of copper, 25% nickel. It's worth 25 cents. If you had a quarter before 1960s, it was silver. And it's worth $3.50. But this one's just worth a quarter. See, our, our, our money right now is what is called fiat money or fiat currency. Meaning that the only value it has is based on the faith and belief that the citizens give the government. So it, it only has value because we believe it does. I have this picture of some quarters. And, and this is a bag of $1,000 worth of quarters. 
Now, if I had that bag, and I said, hey, I have this bag of $1,000. It's, it's worth $1,000. I don't know how many quarters it is. You can do the math on your own. Just believe me, okay? There's a bag, and it's worth $1,000, and I gave you that bag. Would you take it? Yes, because it's still worth $1,000 in our day. But whatever I said, hey, I have this quarter. This is a regular quarter. It's not silver or anything. But I trade you. I'll give you this quarter, and you give me the bag. Would you do it? No. Would anybody else do it? No. Why? Because there's the quantity in that bag is better than the quantity in my hand, right? Taking you to school today. Okay, you guys understand? Respond. The quantity in that bag is greater than the quantity in my hand. So that would be a stupid deal. I would not take that trade. But wait, let me show you the second picture. This is a gold coin. It's a Liberty Eagle coin. One gold coin is worth $1,900. So if I had that coin, and I said, hey, I want to trade you this gold coin for your bag of quarters, would you do it? Would anybody else do it? Why? Because the quantity doesn't always determine the value. Just because there's more quantity in the bag of quarters doesn't mean it's as valuable as one gold coin. I was thinking the other day about how many times God has mentioned the word church or Jesus has mentioned the word church in Scripture. And I was going through, do you know how many times Jesus has mentioned the word church? Maybe like 60 times? Maybe 10 times, 15, 5. Jesus has only mentioned the word church twice in Scripture. And, and because he's only mentioned it twice, there's a whole generation, a whole group of people that see that, that, well, Jesus didn't make that great of an emphasis on church, so it must not be that important. See, I, I, I believe in God, and I have a relationship with God, but I just don't subscribe to his man-made religion or the institution of the church because it wasn't even that big of a deal to Jesus. So what do we say to that? We say, you have to take what he said and measure it and weigh it like you do gold and silver. Because it's not about the quantity that determines the value. Jesus mentioned the church twice in Scripture. And today I want to go over those two instances where he talked about it. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16, verse 8. Matthew chapter 16, verse 8. It says this. Now, uh, this is, we, we jumping into Scripture right here, and Jesus is having a conversation with one of his disciples. His disciple's name is Simon. And, and Simon was, uh, was a big mouth. He was, you know, a teacher's pet. He was always like, got to say something. He always wanted to, the, the big mouth. He always tried to uh, uh, make it seem like he was bigger than he is. And, and we get to this point right here in, in Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to start off at verse 13. It actually says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? See, Jesus is trying to get them to understand the real uh, meat to the question. Because in our lives, it doesn't, it doesn't 
uh, really determine, or it doesn't matter what other people say that God is. It's who does he, who is God to you? Who is he in your life? And so we go on here and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, I'm going to build my church. Did you understand, or do you know that nowhere else in Scripture... Does Jesus pronounce the personal um, pronoun of my? You know that he didn't say that about any other institute, any other edifice, any other organization, any other gathering. He, He only puts it on the church. He said, I'm going to build my church. See, sometimes we get it twisted and think that this is our church. It's not ours, it's his. We just have the honor and privilege to be a part of it. But he says, I'm building my church. I like how he says, he says, and on this rock I will build my, he wasn't, see, some think that he was talking about Peter. Like, because Peter's name means rock, that he's building the church on Peter. But Peter, he's not weighted to, he's not uh, um, uh, strong enough to carry the church. It's not on him. You're going to be a, a crucial part of the church, but I'm not building it on you because you're just a feeble man. You, you, you fall, you make mistakes, and I'm building it on myself because in Scripture, Psalms, it says this. Turn with me. Uh, actually, I'll just read it out to you guys. It says this. Psalms 18.2, it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield, the horn of salvation, and my stronghold. The Lord is my rock. Nobody else. See, too too often in our lives, we're looking to other people to be our rock, our strength, our foundation. And God is saying, I'm the rock. I'm your foundation. And my church is going to be built on the revelation of who I am in your life. I'm not building the church on anybody else. I'm not building the church on this pastor or that pastor's uh, um, uh, ability to preach or his uh, charisma and all that kind of stuff. I'm not building it on any person. I'm building it on the revelation that I am the Christ. How many of you ever heard about a pastor that has maybe failed and, and fallen into some sin and had to step down? Why do you think... Christ isn't building the church on that person. Why, why do you think he's not building it on one person or a people? He said, I'm building my church. He didn't say, I'm going to build your church. I, I'm going to build this institution for you. He said, I'm building my church on the revelation that I am the rock. I am the salvation. I am your fortress. I am your refuge. I am everything. I am your healer. I'm your provider. I'm your deliverer. That's what I'm building the church on. It's not on any one person because they aren't strong enough to carry it, but I can. He says, I'm building my church. 
It's personal, possessive. It's mine. And because I'm building it, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Because I'm building it, the enemy has no authority over it. Because I'm building it, sickness and disease has to flee because I'm building it. I'm the bank. I'm the weight. Measure my words. The second one is this. He says this. Turn with me to um, the second portion. He says, Matthew chapter 18, verse 16. Verse 17, sorry. Matthew chapter 18. See, when Jesus came to the earth, he had a mission, and his mission was twofold. It was to save that which is lost, which was you and me, through the plan of salvation, the finished work on the cross, and to build the church. A twofold mission bring salvation and build a church. This is the second part uh, uh, where he mentions church. Matthew chapter 18, verse 17 says this. Now here he's, he's talking uh, about the church and how it should run and how things should be, be uh, um, conducted. But he's also talking about the, the feebleness of man. And he says this. I'm going to read in verse 15 down. It says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, then you have gained a brother. And if he will not hear you, take with you two more, that he by the mouth of two witnesses, uh, every word should be established. We get to verse 17. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen or a tax collector. This is a portion of scripture that, that most Christians don't want to talk about. Because <laughs> it's talking about sin. It's talking about our mistakes and our faults and our shortcomings and our mess and our junk. And Jesus is saying if someone is going through something and they have a sin in their life and you see it and know about it, or, or if they sin against you, go to that person and talk about it with them. Say, hey, look, this is, what, this is what you've done to me. I feel like it's offended me, and I, I don't want there to be any animosity. I don't want there to be a, a, a cavern between us. I love you. You're my brother or my sister in Christ. Let's talk about this. And if they still don't want to hear it, they say, okay, I'm going to bring somebody else, and we're going to talk about this. And people don't want to do that because it's hard. It's, it's awkward. It's weird. Like, like, yo, you messed up. You're foul. And people don't want to hear that. But he says, bring a brother or a sister with you and talk about them in love and, and mend that relationship. And if they still don't want to hear it, then you tell the church. You tell the elders. You bring it to the church. Let the business be known so that they can handle it. Remember on Sunday I was talking about how the church is the pit crew? How, how, when, you're, when you're out there on the road and you're, you're making all these laps, that you can come in for strength and you can come in for refuge and come in to be built back up. That's what the church is. If there's something going on on the outside, see, sometimes the church is the last one to know. 
See, sometimes the church, we don't know, someone will leave the church or, or, or get hurt by someone in the church and leave, and we don't even know why they left. We're like, wait, what happened to so-and-so? They were so, such faithful members. They were here. They, were, they, they just bounced out. They peaced out. We don't even know where they are. See, it says bring the, 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 uh, the issue or bring the, uh, uh, the problem to the church and let us deal with it. Let us work it through it in faith and, and in Scripture and in love and in purity. Let us work on it. And then Jesus says, and do they still don't want to hear it? Do they still don't want to change? Then that person to you is a heathen or a tax collector. What, Jesus? Jesus, how could you say that? That's so not Christ-like of you. How, how could you be so mean? You're supposed to be all, all uh, accepting of everybody and all loving and all full of grace and mercy. And you're telling us to just cut that person out? See, because he said, it's my church. And my church has rules and guidelines. I, I love everybody. I don't accept everything. People don't want to hear that. Not in a generation that's living their truth instead of his truth or the truth. See, he said, if they don't want to change, see, church, it has rules. It, it has, has uh, guidelines on how things are to be conducted. And we have gatherings which function as a church service. You're included. But Jesus, the head of the church, said you could be excluded. It's quiet on a Sunday. <laughs> it's quiet in here. But this isn't me talking. This is Jesus, red letter edition. It's, it's out of his mouth. The head of the church said, if you don't want to change, if you don't want to make that change in your life, if you don't want to say no to some sin, and, I, and we all have problems. I'm not saying everybody's perfect in here. I told you before, this isn't a club for the perfect. It's, it's a shelter for the broken that are trying to better their lives, that are looking to, to follow Christ better than the way that they were. And I'm not standing here saying that you need to be perfect and have everything right. But there has to be some, see, God loves you so much right where you are, but he loves you even more to change you. He, he doesn't want to leave you where you are. See, there's a whole generation, there's a whole group of people that believe that, well, God, I, I'm looking for a church that fits my lifestyle. Instead of finding a church that, that or, or finding, a, 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 they're trying to find a church that fits their lifestyle instead of having their lifestyle fit the church. And I want a church that, that allows me to be the way I want to be and accepts me for who I am and and for what I'm doing, because God is all loving, and he's grace, and he's mercy, and he accepts me. And that sounds great. But Jesus said, if they don't want to change, if they wanna, don't want to let go of that sin or, or walk away from it, then they are the heathen and like the tax collector. And this is a hard thing to say. It's it's. It's a hard bullet to swallow, but it's the truth. See, I believe the church today has an issue with understanding the purpose of the church. 
because, uh, you know, in our ministry and churches all over the United States, people come and go from churches all the time. They're here, they're strong, and then the next minute they're gone, and you don't even know why. Why? Because they view church not as something that is mandatory. They see it more as a country club. Opposed, like a gym membership. I can go and come as I want. I can cancel my membership whenever instead of like a marriage. Like a marriage I can't just walk out on. Like a marriage that I've committed myself to saying, God, I, before you and everybody else, this is my church. They feel they can just leave whenever. See, I, I want to be a part of a church that is God-centered, Christ-grounded, declaring that I, I'm going to be accountable to, to, to you and you be accountable to me. Mutual accountability. Mutual responsibility. I want to be able to count on you and you can count on me. See, I want a church that is weighing and measuring the words of God. Not looking for quantity in people, but in value and individuals. Church is about community. It's about family. That's what the church is. I'm going to end here, but next week I'm going to finish it up. And I'm going to warn you right now that next week is going to get even more real. And, and so if, if, if hearing some of the things today was hard, just be forewarned. But it's good. It's true. I'm not saying anything that I, my own opinion. I'm only speaking what Jesus said, red letter edition. That things need to change. And, and I, I love everybody, but I can't accept everything and every lifestyle. I can love you. But see, here's the, the thing is the generation today has this misconception that because I don't agree with you, that I don't love you. And that's not how it, how it is. I can disagree with you, your lifestyle, what you're doing, and still love you and want the best for you and want to see you strengthened. I, I have a son. I don't always agree with decisions he makes or things that he does. But that doesn't change my love for him. God loves you. But he doesn't have to accept everything you do. Amen. Well, I hope you guys got something out of this today. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.